known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. Yes, it certainly is. And good afternoon. Welcome to the Good News Show here on KTH nine ten a.m. Guadalupe Radio Network. And wow, what a what a seven days it has been. Uh, the last seven days we've seen the MLK holiday. We weren't on uh, last week, and then I got sick uh, most of last week. And the car raffle, of course, does not care if I'm sick or not. It just rolls on. And then we started a new morning show on the Guadalupe Radio Network this morning. And, uh, wow, there's just a whole lot going on. And so well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is an hour where we can talk about some of the cool things happening here in North Texas and uh, get you up to date on the car raffle and where we have been, where we will be, live remotes, parish talks, parish visits, cool priests who allow us to come out and visit their parishes. And so a lot to keep keep you up to date on. And uh, that's what we're going to do in the next hour. So let me tell you, um, first off, though, in about 10 minutes, I'm very excited about this. And I know, Cecil, I think you know this young man, Anthony D'Ambrosio, uh, who is a twin and one of the <clears throat> children of uh, Marcellino uh, and Susan D'Ambrosio. And he and his uh, twin brother, Marcellino, are just really talented guys, good, faithful guys. And Anthony is, uh, he's put a movie together, and I don't know exactly where they are because it's crowdfunded. He's been raising a lot of money. And it's called Triumph of the Heart, and it's a story of Max St. Maximilian Colby. And... I am not able to get onto his website right now for some reason, but I went on there earlier today. The fundraising, he raised $20,000 in like two days, and then he raised it to 50000 and a lot of people were behind this. And so we're going to join um, Anthony on the phone, and he's going to give us an update on how this project is going, uh, what we can expect you know, where you can see the trailer and that kind of thing. I do want to thank my friend, Jeff Scheffelbein. He's the one that officially said, hey, can you cover this story? And I know Jeff's listening right now. So, Jeff, uh, thanks so much. We went out to Jeff's office uh, last Tuesday, I think it was, and did a live remote. So, anyways, uh, Anthony will be up in just a moment. And then uh, towards the bottom of the hour, I'm going to be joined in studio, uh, Father John Beyer, who is a priest of the Cistercian Order. He's also one of the teachers over at Cistercian Prep. He's going to be joining us in studio. And so is the <clears throat> the winner of the 27th annual Hal Tehan Scholar Award that the Catholic Foundation uh, put, um, uh, gives out every year. The Catholic Foundation event is going to be on Saturday, February 10th. We've already had Georgia and Mark Lyons on with us, and they're going to get the big Catholic Foundation award. It's it's really, I love the Catholic Foundation event. It's so much fun. Everybody's there. Uh, Bill Kula told me this morning they're expecting north of a 1,000 people to be at this event. 
Saturday, February 10th. Uh, Cecil, you're going, right? I am going to be there. I'm yeah. very excited. Okay. And uh, my, my lovely wife, Paula, and I are going to be there. And so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. So the, um, the recipient of the Hal Tehan Scholar Award is Josh Hayes, and he is a junior at Cistercian. He's going to be in studio. And guess what happened to Josh Hayes this morning at 3 o'clock in the morning, Cecil? Wow. <laughs> well, he was probably sleeping. I was going to say. <laughs> his, his, well, I don't know if he was sleeping or not. His mom had a baby. So he has a baby sister who was born at 3 o'clock this morning. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Rob and Alicia Hayes are his parents. And I think it's our seventh child. And I know, uh, anyway, so uh, that would be kind of a fun thing to talk about. Congratulate him on uh, yet another sibling in the Hayes family. So congratulations to Alicia, principally, and Rob, and, of course, the whole family. So anyways, they'll join us at, in about 30 minutes uh, to talk about this uh, really cool um, award that he's going to get on February 10th. It comes with a $10,000 scholarship for his senior year. Wow. And uh, I'm sure Cistercian is more than $10,000, so that'll take a big chunk out of his senior tuition. I'm sure his parents appreciate that as well. Uh, He also wrote an essay on, like, the benefit of Catholic education, and I think that was part of the reason why he got the the award. But anyways, we'll we'll have him in studio and uh, talk about all that. So... um, so, so we have a new morning show. We do. started today, and you are going to be a contributor to it. I'm going to be a contributor to it. And there is a lot of moving parts uh, with this show. Do you want to just kind of explain what Morning Joy is all about so I can take a sip of water and catch my breath? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, Morning Joy, where truth matters, is the full title of the show. It's got a nice little mm. ring to it. Uh, it started this morning, and this is its first week, so you're going to hear all of the contributors this week, which is super exciting, from 6 a.m. Central to 7.30 a.m., and then it's followed by the Mass, as usual. The uh, host is Keith Downing, who has a quite the following on Instagram. He's actually, I found out last week, Dave, he's an actor, too. Too. Yeah, um, yeah. Super cool. Very fun guy. And I really like about him is that he, I think, is going to help draw younger listeners um, to that particular show, which is really awesome um, because he does have that bigger following on Instagram where there's a lot of young Catholics. So I'm excited about that. And then they're having these segments every day where contributors mm-hmm. are coming in. And Dave, I'm not going to lie. I don't know why we, um, how we got selected. <laughs> <laughs> At least I don't know how I got selected um, well, to do I this. Know why? Because, uh, well, I mean, first of all, you're very good on the air, but you also address a very important topic, and that is uh, evangelizing young people. I mean, that's kind of your thing, well, right? That's it. That, I guess that's why I, I got it, because I work with young people, and I have our show locally here, Young and Present, that I enjoy doing. Um, so I'm going to have a, show, a segment every Wednesday, and I think it starts at 6.45 a.m. i got to confirm that. Um, so bright and early, so wake up with me. Um, I'm very grateful, honestly, Dave, that it's that early, because I know for sure everything out of my mouth is going to be from God, because I don't <laughs> speak that early. So <laughs> it's going to be called Fruit Fruitful living, and the show has a lot to do with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to be talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And so each week I'm going to talk about a different uh, fruit of the Spirit. I like to keep it real. I am still very young in my faith journey, so I have a lot of fails. So I'm going to te- hopefully, you know, relay ways I have failed, ways I've won uh, on my faith journey, and kind of will encourage and grow with each other. And tomorrow morning at 6:45, I'm going to be on, uh, assuming I have any voice. And uh, my, my segment is called Thinking Out Loud, and it's about philosophy, and I've been putting my thoughts together. And so Keith and I will be talking uh, just kind of why, you know, why should we care about philosophy? I mean, I think that's something that a lot of people, they're very intimidated by it, but I'm going to try to make the case 
that we all should be grounded in good Christian philosophy. And so tune in tomorrow morning, 645. That'll be the segment that I am on. And, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, Debbie and Debbie was just on with good, clean jokes. Yes. And I heard the, the funniest thing, John Heinen, who's my, my friend, and he spoke at Claritas last Thursday. And he opened up with this funny joke and he said that a pastor was given a homily and I guess it, you know, went over pretty well. So a guy, a guy came up to him after mass and said, Father, that, that was a really good homily. And so the pastor being kind of humble said, Hey, listen, it was, it was the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy looks at him and he says, wasn't that good? <laughs> 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 oh no! <laughs> I thought oh, that was no. so funny. That's I, I, I gotta great. use that sometimes. That's great. But so I, I shouldn't say that it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, that maybe. yeah it actually makes sense because if you're saying like you know it's the Holy Spirit, it almost sounds like man, I really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit really inspired me. See, when I say it was the Holy Spirit, it means that if it had been me, it would have been very, very bad. So we're lucky that the Holy Spirit was involved. Yeah, the Holy Spirit tends to do pretty I, well. Listen, I you it should never just no speaker should it ever be. Or radio host, just the person, because that's bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's never right. going to end well. <laughs> uh, all right. So Cecil's uh, going to get our first guest on the line. And then I, I just want to tell you real quickly, because I don't have a lot of time for this. Uh, thank you to uh, the parishes of All Saints Fort Worth, St. Elizabeth Keller, St. Anthony Wiley, Sacred Heart Munster, and uh, the chapel, the Church of the Incarnation at the University of Dallas. Because we were at all of those parishes this past weekend, and it, it would not have happened if the pastor of each of those parishes didn't sign off on it. And oftentimes a staff member helps us in a big way as well. Uh, this coming weekend, St. Catherine of Siena in Carrollton will be there, St. Mary of the Assumption in Fort Worth, uh, also St. Joseph Arlington. And I <clears throat> I got to thank uh, Father Ronaldo at... Um, St. Joseph in Arlington because he not only invited us to come out this weekend and sell tickets, make a little announcement at all the masses, English and Spanish, but then he said, oh, in the following weekend, if you want to come back and set up a table, you can keep selling tickets. And uh, so what, what, what a blessing, I mean, to have a pastor that is that open to us coming out and you know, letting people know about the car raffle. So we're very grateful. And we have a live remote today at Little Angels in Capel. That's at two o'clock. So as soon as we finish here, we're going to gather up our gear, head out to Capel and uh, do that live remote. And then tomorrow during the one o'clock hour, we're going to be talking to Doreen Cheney and uh, folks representing Decided Excellence. These are these cool Catholic magazines that are all across the Metroplex. And that's going to be live over at St. Francis of Assisi Catholic Church in Grapevine. And then on Wednesday, we are going to be over at uh, Charlie Creole's Kitchen, I think it's called. Uh, Jim Hickey is the owner over in East Dallas. And uh, we invite you to come on out for that. And that's going to be during the one o'clock hour also. So three days in a row, the three live remotes and um, a lot going on. So car raffle is uh, uh, in, in, we're in the midst of it right now. Okay. So we're having a little bit of a challenge, I think, getting our guest on the line. Uh, but we're going to keep trying for uh, Anthony D'Ambrosio. Uh, but let me just tell you that he is a uh, movie director and the movie that he has 
uh, directed is called Triumph of the Heart. And what we wanted to do is kind of give an update on where he is on this movie. It's about St. Maximilian Colby. And um, they had a Kickstarter campaign. And from what I understand from the website, and again, I'm not able to get on the website right now, but in like two days, they raised $20,000. And then they bumped it up to $50,000. And I think they've raised all of the $50,000 they have to raise and so, you know, the sky's the limit. There clearly is a lot of excitement about this. And I'm very eager, so we're not able to get him right now. Is that right? Okay, so he's not, he's not answering. If anybody knows uh, Anthony D'Ambrosio, tell him to uh, answer his cell phone. We want to talk to him. I think we're going to get him now and uh, get an up-to-date on, on this uh, movie about Maximilian Colby. Okay, I, you know, I feel like I, I know the very basics of Maximilian Colby's story. Um, but I don't know that I'm going to, you're going to learn something from this movie. So how are we doing? Are we good? All right. We are good. <clears throat> Anthony D'Ambrosio. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us uh, to tell us about this movie. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm having a hard time getting on your website. Um, I don't know if it's just temporarily down, uh, but triumphoftheheart.com is the website, right? That's right. That's right. I'm not sure what the difficulties okay. might be there. But. Yeah, I was on it earlier this morning, so I think it may just be temporarily down. But, hey, tell us. I know a lot of people are learning about this for the first time. I don't know a lot of the details other than the fact that apparently a lot of people are very excited about it because you raised $20,000 in two days, and now I think you've raised over 50000 through the Kickstarter campaign. But just kind of tell us, what is this project, and where are you in the process with it? Well, um, yeah, it's a it's a movie about the passion of Colby and uh, the nine other companions who he uh, who he uh, died with, and about their their resistance and their brotherhood of hope that he helped them forge uh, in the final days of their lives. And uh, we finished uh, shooting it. We shot it in Poland last uh in the fall and now we're raising money for post-production and we're really excited to to share this uh this story with the world oh wow so you actually went to poland to, to film it that's amazing how did you find the actors what can you tell us about the lead actor that plays maximilian colby say maximilian colby uh, actually um it, there was so many different miraculous kind of things that happened as we stepped out in faith to go over there, but one of them was uh, the way that we found our our lead actor. So his name is Martian uh, Fashnet, but um, it's spelled Kwasni, <laughs> as, as all those <laughs> Polish names are. They're, they're tricky, but um, he was a, a really well-known actor in, in the Polish film industry and uh, struggled with addiction and uh, as he got sober, he found God, and uh, through his devotion to Colby, he really built his life back up um, and continued to, to act as a profession, but um, was looking for the opportunity to uh, do honor to his patron. And uh, we ended up linking up right uh, during a moment when he was open and happened to have had a, a project fall through and was therefore able to to join our production. Um, he had to lose some weight very quickly, and uh, it was a very intense kind of process of onboarding. But 
he was willing to do everything for uh, very low cost just because of his devotion to Colby. Yeah, you know, I... I mentioned at the beginning of this show, I, I know your parents, of course, most people are very familiar with your father, Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio. And when mm-hmm. I was on the website, I guess, you know, you expect, you know, perfect kids with no problems at all to come from the D'Ambrosio family. And I was reading a little bit about your story and what kind of inspired you to take this project on and, and you know, a health and a faith crisis that you went through. Uh, can you tell our listeners about that and how Colby is connected with you coming back uh, to the faith and um, and how how he inspired this project? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, so obviously, I grew up with a professional Catholic as a dad and uh, was very serious about it growing up. I went to seminary, but um, after I went to seminary, I felt sort of felt very deeply in love with with somebody and and felt. Uh, uh, kind of had a miraculous healing for some struggles that I was going through as a part of feeling God tell me that this was the one that he had um, had planned for me uh, to to marry. And um, as we ended up dating and came close to engagement, I had a sort of mysterious health issue come up that really undid my life and, and wrecked havoc. And I was not able to move forward into marriage and uh, didn't want to hold her back, so we separated for a time for me to uh, figure that um, figure that ailment out. And during that time, she ended up marrying someone else, and it really kicked off a um, a deconstruction of my faith that uh, I was really helpless to stop. And um, while I was in bed unable to really move forward with my ambitions and my life and going through this really difficult time of grieving and suffering, um, I started to find myself imagining myself and meditating on uh, the story of Colby, particularly though from the vantage point of being inside of the cell with him, being one of the nine men who didn't get the happy ending. And having these conversations with Colby about God and about faith uh, from that perspective, and it was it was really that um, conversation of him entering into the the suffering of these other men um, compassionately and empathetically that really melted my heart again for for Christianity and for Christ. Yeah, amazing, and uh, this is a classic uh, intercession of the saints, and uh, to think that that also, you know, is the kind of the springboard for this whole project itself. Uh, Anthony D'Ambrosio is a director of a movie called Triumph of the Heart, as he mentioned, filmed in Poland, and right now still putting all the pieces together, post-production, raising funds, trying to get this, you know, to the, to, to, to actually be, you know, in the, in the theaters or, you know, streaming or whatever. Well, you can talk about that, but, um, Anthony, uh, most people are familiar with at least the basic story of Maximilian Colby. They know that, you know, he was in the concentration camp. He gave his life up for somebody else so that that man could live. Uh, what, uh, what's the you know the angle of this, and what new information or different uh, you know part or aspect of this saint will we learn through this movie? Yeah, there's there's a lot of different things that um, that this is going to bring people in touch with. Uh, I would say particularly the fact that 
during his at this time uh, this movie this movie is set during uh, his his final days and during this time in Auschwitz it actually really wasn't a camp designed for the Holocaust it was a camp designed to break the spirit of Poland uh, by breaking the spirits of the POWs from the war officers, anybody in charge of media, and anyone who was a leader of influence that the Nazis thought could cause trouble uh, were brought here and not just exterminated, but made to believe that they were less than human. And Colby's sacrifice, was it didn't end with his stepping out of line. It ended uh, with a sort of a spiritual revival that he was he was running from inside of this darkest place in Auschwitz, uh, this this torture chamber. And he he was able to help all of these other men to come to a point of uh, faith and hope, uh, so much so that they were willing to survive with him for 14 days, singing songs and reciting poetry and creating a um, sort of a, a, a movement inside of this jail of, of hope and of, of faith, uh, which is, is really miraculous. And so we're telling this story of how that impacted the other people in Auschwitz and um, how it impacted the nation as a whole. Yeah, very nice. And you mentioned the companions of uh, Maximilian Kolbe. Yeah, I don't think most people would even be able to name one of them other than the, the guy whose life was saved or the, the other people over there. Mm-hmm. Do, do you bring out you know, some of the character development of the, the people besides Maximilian Kolbe in the movie? Yeah, we are taking a very, um, I would say it's, it's very similar to The Chosen in that we're really trying to show the humanity of each of these people and what they were struggling with, what was going on in their lives that, um, that needed redemption and used Colby's time there and the conversations that he was having with the men, uh, to show what, what the gospel looks like and what the kingdom looks like and how faith and hope can be, uh, brought into some really difficult and tragic moments in life. Yeah, Triumph of the Heart is the name of the movie. If you go to triumphoftheheart.com, uh, you can find out more about it. And so, uh, Anthony, I mentioned about the Kickstarter campaign, the fundraising. Where are you right now? Do you still need to raise funds? Where are you in the editing and the post-production process? When is this movie going to see the light of day? How, how can people see it? A lot of questions, but uh, can you address some of those? Yeah, absolutely. So, as you know, this is a, we want to see more movies made of our, our stories as Catholics and of our Catholic heroes. And I think a lot of us feel very, um, feel very angry in many ways about the way that our story has been portrayed in the media um, and perhaps the lack of quality that uh, hasn't really done justice to the stories of our saints. So right now, what we're doing is raising funds, not just in a way that is looking for m- money to make this movie a reality, uh, 
we need at least $40,000 more in order to, to do that. But it's a bigger, it's a bigger picture and a bigger play because every person who wants to, every person who contributes to the campaign is saying, I want to see more movies like this made. And distributors who are very, you know, ginger, who are afraid of taking on projects like this, um, they're watching the Kickstarter to decide if they're going to give us a distribution deal. Um, and if they're, they're saying, hey, there must be a market here, there must be a lot of people who really want to see this uh, if it's successful. And so um, it's, it's, a bigger, it's a bigger project than just raising money for us. It's a, it's a battle to see our saints uh, captured and their stories really enshrined in ways that we can be proud of. Yes, yeah, certainly. You know, I, I don't have to tell you this, but the whole landscape of movies has changed so much over the last, uh, you know, five or 10 years where people aren't just not, you know, always just going to the movie theater. There's a lot of different ways to release these movies, to, to view these movies. So what is the plan or what is the ideal? If, if you get this $40,000 in addition to what you've already raised and you're able to get this all produced and slick and ready to go, is it going to be in theaters? Is it going to go straight to streaming or, you know, pay-per-view or, well, well, how will it be released? That's right. We, we really are shooting for a, a theatrical release and that's a big deal. Um, it's very, very expensive to release a movie theatrically. And so if we want to do that, um, it's part of why it's so important for us to, uh, to raise a good, a significant amount of money to the crowdfunding campaign, uh, because it's, a, a risk that we hope that our uh, a distributor will decide to take on this film. Um, of course, we plan to do streaming and all of these other um, more digital versions, but uh, a theatrical release is something that creates an incredible amount of energy and opportunity for people to come across the story who weren't looking for it to begin with. Yeah, very nice. You know, what? what is... Uh your background have you made other movies i know you don't just say hey i'm gonna go make a movie you gotta have a little bit of training or at least know some people or how how much of this have you done and i guess a follow-up question is well let me talk about the future next but have you done other movies or is this your first project this is this is my first feature-length movie i've done many short films and um have participated in the creation of of other feature-length films through um, a screenwriters group and directors group that I'm involved in, um, but uh, this will be the first, the first real big uh, feature-length that that I've done. Yeah, and, and what uh, like I mentioned before, there's clearly a lot of buzz. You know, Jeff Shufflebine was the one who suggested this interview, and he's like, man, you got to see this. You got to see the trailer. What kind of uh, pre-release buzz are you getting? Uh, you know, how excited people are about the project itself, what they've seen of, you know, the edited pieces so far. What, what kind of uh, early buzz is there out there right now for this project? Yeah, I think people have been absolutely blown away by what we came back with. I think there were a lot of people that knew that, we were going to make something special and something unique. But um, when we came back from Poland with the footage that, that we did, that we put together for this trailer, um, people were really floored, like uh, how good it was and how beautiful and 
um, emotional and captivating it seems. I think that uh, just you know nobody really expects somebody with a small budget to be able to pull off something um, as ambitious as what we have uh, have pulled off. And that that energy, that enthusiasm is, is really <laughs> it's really growing like wildfire. I mean, right now we've got we put up this crowdfunding campaign with uh, an initial goal of $20,000. We raised that within two days. Um, and I think people are just, they're tired of seeing um, their movie, their, their favorite saints not being done justice. And they see what we're doing. And I think they feel the earnestness, the heartfelt kind of authenticity of our team and our production. And they're, they're looking at the footage and they're like, wow, this is breathtaking. This looks Really, this doesn't just look like a Catholic movie. This looks like a really good movie. Um, and I think that excitement is, is really uh, promoting an incredible grassroots effort to, to get this movie made. Yeah, the movie is called Triumph of the Heart. It's the story of St. Maximilian Colby. The uh, the director is Anthony D'Ambrosio. we got a few more minutes with Anthony uh, before we need to take a break and move on to our next segment. Uh, Anthony, tell me about being in Poland. I don't know. You said you filmed it there. Did you actually go to Auschwitz? I don't know if they allow filming in Auschwitz, but that must have been um, very harrowing if you did, in fact, even visit uh, Auschwitz. Can you tell us about your personal experience of being in that part of the world? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good question. They do not allow you to film in Auschwitz. It's it's like a cemetery, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Uh, you can't make movies there anymore. But um, we did go there as a, as a crew, and I went there. Um, I actually went there much earlier on in the writing process. I stayed with a there's a, a friary from his order that started um, a friary there right next to Auschwitz and um, I stayed there for his feast day uh, as I was finishing up the script and I, I had an incredibly profound experience um, with Colby during the the feast day it's they had, the Polish are just amazing and they have this procession from all of, all around uh, during his feast day, all the way to Auschwitz, sort of like a Marian procession or something. Um, but thousands of people end up gathering for an outdoor mass right in front of the prison block where he died, and they sing traditional Polish hymns that they would have been singing inside of the cell um, that people would have been hearing kind of emanating from, from that place uh, during the, the time of Colby's uh, imprisonment there. And afterwards, like reverencing the cross or something, you go in uh, to the cell and you come out and reverence a, a relic. And um, <laughs> I had a, uh, I had such a profound moment when I reverenced the relic. I felt, I felt him kiss me back, hmm. and um, it, it gave me this sense of, um, like, yeah, you, you are called to do this for some reason. I have chosen you to to tell my story and um, it, it gave me the, the ability, I think the grace um, to be in such a dark place for so long. We, as a team, we had to recreate, you know, the conditions of the cell and then live in them in many ways for 12 to 14 hours a day um, for a month 
And uh, that is an incredibly difficult suffering to enter into and to grapple with, with very dark implications. I think that all of us felt Colby's presence on our set in a way that gave us the, the courage that we needed to do that. Yeah, Anthony D'Ambrosio joining me. Anthony, we only have two minutes remaining. I, I just keep thinking that, you know, most people know Maximilian Kobe's story because of the way he died and what he did and his martyrdom and all that. But wouldn't you agree that even if that had not been the way he died, even if he had never even gone to Auschwitz, he still would be a well-known saint because of his newspaper work, his devotion to Our Lady? I mean, he was even outside of this heroic death an amazing saint that probably would have been famous nonetheless. Do, would you agree? Absolutely. I, I think people, um, when I talked to them about his exploits before, like, nobody even knows about them. And it's actually a really interesting tension that uh, this is basically like the Bishop Baron or Mother Angelica of his day. Uh, he was one of the most well-known Catholics in Poland, if not in Europe. And certainly the most well-known Franciscan. He was visited often by the the presidents and by generals and all of these big celebrities. And he was, he even, you know, when he finished building his, 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 his printing press with a million subscribers, he kind of like conquered Poland. He was like, Oh, I'm going to expand to Japan and we're going to go to Japan and, and start a newspaper there. And, he did so within within a year. Uh, in less than a year, he was able to go to Japan with a few other friars and publish their first first magazine, in addition to the Knights <clears throat> Maculata, which is wow. incredible. <laughs> yeah, when you talk about a thousand <laughs> subscribers, that would make any YouTube uh, artist today jealous, you know, <laughs> much less the old-fashioned yeah. way of actually people subscribing through snail mail uh, back in the old day. Uh, Anthony, got to let you go. Thank you very much for taking on this project. Uh, what an amazing story. Uh, I, I want to direct people to the website to where you can give, you can watch the trailer, you can learn more about this project, triumphoftheheart.com, triumphoftheheart.com. Please perfectly consider whether this is something you want to get behind. And uh, a- Anthony, thank you. I was going to ask you about your next project, but we're just going to leave it there. <laughs> but okay, uh, I, I, yeah. I appreciate you. Let's, uh, let's have you on again as we get closer to release. And, uh, of course, also we ask everybody to please pray for Anthony. This is not an easy project and a lot of people, a lot of moving parts here that have co- have to come together to, to bring this to fruition. Uh, so, so thanks, Anthony. Good, great to speak with you. Thank you so much. All right. And thanks again, Jeff Scheffelbein, for the recommendation. And uh, we're going to take a two-minute break, and we're going to come back, and I'm going to introduce you to, as I mentioned <clears throat> at the top of the show, the 27th recipient of the Catholic Foundation's Hal Tehan Scholar Award. This is very competitive. It's a high school junior who really exemplifies everything that it you know, means to be a scholar, a Catholic, and just an all-around good person. <laughs> so, and he's got, uh, it's been an interesting day for this young man. He <laughs> will bring him in and also uh, one of his mentors and spiritual leaders from Cistercian uh, Prep joining us in studio as well. So quick break, we'll be right back. Guys, come fight for your faith as you attend the Fight for Life Catholic Men's Conference featuring Jim Caviezel. Jim portrayed Jesus in The Passion of the Christ and stars in the movie Sound of Freedom. 
We'll gather on Saturday, February 24th from 8 to 4 at St. Jude Catholic Church in Allen. Listen to several great speakers, pray, and learn ways to dive deeper into your faith. Trust in the Lord to attend and invite others. Visit CatholicBrothersForChrist.com for details and to register. This is Tony Beshera. My wife Chris and I own Babich and Associates. We are the oldest placement and recruitment firm in the state of Texas and proud sponsors of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are also members of St. Thomas Aquinas in Dallas. Babich and Associates offers candidates insights into the current job market and provides professional candidates we have interviewed on a face-to-face basis to our employers. Our number to call is 214-823-9999 or you can find us on the web at Babich, B-A-B-I-C-H dot com. The University of Dallas's Ann and Joe Newhoff Institute on Ministry and Evangelization presents a 10-week course on Historical Book on the Old Testament, starting February 11th at St. Joseph Catholic Church in Richardson. This course will explore the books in the Catholic Bible that are historical. Join them for a blend of historical narrative, profound theology, and intriguing characters. The cost is $37.50 for online registration. For more information, email alfredors at stjosephcc.net. Hello, my name is Bill Mertz. My wife Liz and I own Master Tech Auto Repair in Plano. We're proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Master Tech is a full-service auto repair. From oil changes to complete engine replacement, our transmission service. We're located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. All right, welcome back to the Good News Show here on this uh, January 22nd. I think today is actually the anniversary of uh, Roe v. Wade, if I am correct. I know the march always falls on a Friday before the anniversary, so today is a great day to remember how we want to respect every single life that comes into the world and every uh, and from conception to <laughs> natural death, uh, which is a great lead-in to my guest here because the... 27th annual recipient of the Catholic Foundation's Hal Tehan Scholar Award became uh, a brother again. Well, it came even brother even months ago, but uh, the the baby came into the world, let's just say, out of the womb uh, this morning. So congratulations principally to Alicia and Rob Hayes, the parents. And uh, our guest uh, is Josh Hayes, who is uh, not here specifically to talk about being a brother again, but... Uh, the great honor that uh, he has been chosen uh, as this award. So he is here with us. So congratulations on so many things. And you just got back from the March for Life too, didn't you? I did. That's right. Yeah. You might want to bring that mic up a little, yeah, a little bit. Just talk right into it. So anyways, <laughs> what a crazy 24 hours of your life, huh? It's been incredible. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're just getting pictures in right now from our mom in the birthing home of my little new little sister, Elizabeth, all swaddled up. It's wonderful. So Elizabeth, okay, mom and baby are healthy and all is good, right? They're doing perfectly. Okay, probably listening to the radio right now, I'm guessing, all right? Your, your sister's hearing her first radio broadcast ever. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations on that. I hope you enjoyed the March for Life as well. Um, also, you know, Cistercian College Prep, uh, where Josh is a junior, has an amazing system of formation, and I have never had a son there. I didn't go to Cistercian. I went to Jesuit. But uh, one of the 
form masters is no stranger to uh, our radio studio because he comes in once a month and does the Dallas Synod show with Andres Valdivia and uh, Lacey De La Garza and his name is uh, Father John Bayer and he's a Cistercian priest and he joins us as well. So Father, thanks for coming in. It's good to be here, Mr. Palmer. Yeah, so um, let me uh, let me kind of back up a little bit and talk about the formation system at Cistercian. Josh happens to be one of the students who is under your formation, mm-hmm. and that begins when they first start. That's right. At, you know, it was it like fourth grade or fifth so, grade? Fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us about that formation system. So the the really one of the really special features of Cistercian is the form system. So when the boys come to us in fifth grade they become a form, and they're given a form master, typically a monk, but it doesn't have to be, who accompanies them for all eight years they're at our school. So whereas their teachers may change from year to year, their form master, um, you know, when it works well or in the Mm -hmm. ideal, uh, is with them for all eight years. And he has different functions, administrative and pastoral. He may teach them, he may not, but he'll celebrate mass for them once a week. Uh, If he's a priest, he'll have four master's period where he do, does various formative topics, and he's there available as a counselor and friend. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, and I know I know that's probably a big part of your formation. And, and Josh, I just want to kind of get your reaction to being chosen as the uh, the Hal Tehan Scholar this year. And I should say that on Saturday, February tenth, at the Hilton Anatole, the Catholic Foundation is going to have their annual event. Uh, you know, we already had Georgia and Mark Lyons in studio. They sat exactly where you're you're sitting right now, Josh. <clears throat> and they're, they're going to get the honor. Uh, there's going to be a great video, and it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful night. But one of the real special parts of it is that a high school junior gets to, you know, be presented with this, and also $10,000 towards his senior year. So tell us about, you know, learning that you were, first of all, nominated, and maybe that the kind of the process of how this came about for you. And, uh, of course, like I said, congratulations. Well, thank you. Um, well, Father John first pulled me aside in order to find out, and he told me I had a uniform violation at first. <laughs> um, before, Was that a joke? No, he did. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'll give it to him straight. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Before he <laughs> That's brought me, the bad news. Then he's got some good news, right? <laughs> okay. Before he brought me to his office, and <laughs> it was really an honor to be nominated. Uh, Father John actually helped me kind of think through my essay um, that I submitted, and it's almost a shame that only one person can receive it. At Cistercian, we really we call ourselves a brotherhood, and it really is a brotherhood. And I don't think there's no chance I would be here unless I had those friends around me uh, the whole time that I've been there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I actually met Hal Tehan back in the day, and so it's just so cool to see his name associated with this award. Of course, he has has passed on, but one of the first interviews I think I ever did when Ken Catholic Radio was with uh, Hal Tehan himself. I'm going to give a little bit more bio about uh, you, and I also want to talk about the essay that you wrote about Catholic education, which is absolutely yep. beautiful. And I don't know if that's going to be recited at the event. It's not it very will. long, but it will be. Okay. Uh, so Josh <clears throat> is the second oldest child of Alicia and Rob Hayes of Capel, And uh, he will receive the award and also share his essay on the importance of receiving a Catholic education during the 41st Annual Catholic Foundation Award, February 10th at the Hilton Anatole. Um, uh, he's a parishioner of St. Anne's Catholic Parish in uh, Capel. He also leads by example at Cistercian, where he has served as a class sacristan and a retreat leader. 
He also has helped uh, Project Ezekiel, a a youth-led liturgical revival aimed at celebrating the rich musical and spiritual traditions of the Mass and now organizes their Latin scola. So, uh, wow. Uh, Any other accomplishments or things that you have accomplished at Cistercian that you want to mention? Um, I think just um, last year I started an initiative to form a prayer group. And so I've definitely kept in touch with a lot of those guys, and you can come into deeper relationships. But then also shout out to my younger brother, James. Um, he started a prayer group in his form too, and so it's kind of been permeating the school a little bit, just these little ripples uh, from that. And I think I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. I just went on the March for Life with about 20 other of my uh, brothers at Cistercian, and you can just see these relations forming just from these little words that you say, um, these little prayers you say together. And so I think that's been beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. And Father uh, John Byers, I mentioned, joining me as well. You are quoted in the article that uh, uh, Bill Kula put out uh, saying that Josh is one of the most disciplined and enthusiastic students in our school. And I would mm-hmm. think, as, as Josh pointed out, even among the Cistercian juniors, it must have been hard to come up with one nominee, not not to mention oh, yeah, sure. every other school, Ursuline and Jesuit and the islands. I'm sure they all have their nominees as well. So uh, what else could you say about Josh and why you think he's the, the best person for this award? <laughs> well, one of the one of the reasons for which I think we were very happy to nominate him was his enthusiasm. So it's so much joy as a teacher to try to give of yourself and your love for the truth and all that's good and beautiful and that you want to communicate. And that joy is just multiplied infinitely when on the other end, there's somebody who just seems so open and desirous of it and who's so ready to accept a challenge and to, you know, to bite on it and develop it and chew it and keep it going. And I think, um, you know, there are so many qualities of so many of the boys in, in our school. And, and one of the ones that just screams out to me from Josh is his enthusiasm, his mm-hmm. ability to to be enthused and uh for me that's easy to see when i teach him it's also easy to see you know the way he responds to other teachers you know mr saliga for example uh, has a wonderful history course in which he integrates all kind of art and music and i think that's probably one of the things that's captured josh's imagination with his desire to find beauty in his education and i remember just last year when mr saliga came into four masters period because uh, he wanted to show them he wants to show them everything he possibly can. There's just not enough time in his class to do it. And so he, he asked if he could have four master's period one day, and I happily seated uh, him four master's period. And he led the guys through the 1812 overture in mm-hmm. a way that I have never heard before. Mm. And, I mean, I was moved. I was starting to tear up. And I just remember watching Josh there really into it as well. And it was just such a powerful experience to see so many boys, and, and in a particular way, certainly Josh, just respond like, you want to teach me? I want to learn. Let's go. Mm, and and yeah. that, that's a, an incredible quality when, when a, a young person accepts to be challenged and, and doesn't wilt or feel bad by the challenge, but feels summoned to something higher. And um, yeah, every time, whether it's a uniform violation or anything else, I have to get on Josh for he, <laughs> he takes as a as a as a call to to, to rise higher. Yeah, well, I'm a, I teach a high school class over at the Highlands as well. In fact, mm-hmm. you and I, I think, are our counterparts. I teach the seniors at uh, the yeah. Highlands, so I certainly understand that uh, when you see it in the face, when you see a student that is eager to learn, right? So, uh, Mr. Saliga's name was brought up. He's also one of your mentors. Uh, tell us uh, about that history class, and other Father John has already said. Is that one of your favorite classes? Um, it's certainly my favorite class. He takes pride in not just learning the history, but in experiencing it in a way. 
And so in the French Revolution, we'll have to learn the French national anthem and act it out and build barricades. Mm. Or for the old Anglican, when we're learning about the founding of the Anglican Church, we'll have to perform these Anglican rituals as they would have been performed. And so we want you to almost to be able to touch and feel the history rather yeah. than just see it from a book. In his last class, we didn't even have a textbook for history class. It was so just he wants you to immerse yourself in it. Mm, very nice. Primary sources and all those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Yeah, yeah very nice. Um, talk about your family. And also, I, I want to talk about Catholic education and uh, this this essay that you wrote, which, which was actually beautiful. I was going to say your your big growing family. It, it grew today <laughs> with <clears throat> Elizabeth being born, but... Uh, what what did you learn from your parents and and having a lot of siblings and growing up in a you know there's a well known family and a beautiful family but uh, what did you learn from family life? Um, well, just the beauty and the little things. I think uh, my parents will often they'll well not often but on occasion have some dinner. They have to be away, and so now I'm the oldest one in the house. My brother's at Notre Dame, and so I'll be the one that's putting all the little girls to sleep and all that. And you're just struck by the simplicity of the faith that they have because we're all brought up in the faith. And it's made me yearn for that a lot more. I was putting my little sisters to bed the other night. And so I was putting them to bed. And my little sister, Anne-Marie, asked if I could pray a decade of the rosary with her before Mm. I go to bed. Or they just like lighting a candle before they pray and all these little things that you kind of forget of as you get older, but it brings back the joy of a simplistic faith, I think. Yeah, amen. Now, we mentioned the essay that you wrote, What My Catholic Education Means to Me. You start off by quoting C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, don't want, I, I don't know, do you, how long would it take? Can, can, do you want to recite it, or how long would that take to recite um, it, or do you have it there in front of you, or, or would you rather just kind of, kind of summarize uh, the main points of it, either, either way? I have it right here if you want me to read it. Okay. I'm not sure how long it would take. Um, I don't know. How, how, yeah. It's about a page and a half, two pages, is that right? That'd probably yep. take a solid yeah. eight minutes, I think. Yeah, that might take a little bit of time. Right. I'll just summarize it uh, and what Catholic education does mean to you. And if people want to hear the whole thing, they got to go on February 10th to the Hilton <laughs> Aritol, right? right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so, what, so tell us, summarize it if you So will. really what I wrote about is how it's almost a difference between knowing something and kind of experiencing something, what I was talking earlier with um, our history teacher. And that beauty, it's an easy thing to know and read about, um, especially whether it's theology. I cited Lewis. He talks a lot about an infinite beauty. And so there's one thing of being able to digest a text, which references it, but being able to go out and experience that in real life, in Catholic education especially, I think is so crucial. Um, I'll be going, I'll walk outside in the morning, and there's a group of my brothers praying the Liturgy of the Hours. Or we just have a beautiful campus. And, well, I think one thing in particular is having all these monks um, living out their vocation so beautifully and wonderfully. It's hard not to be attracted, even if it, you didn't. you think there's no chance that you'll be able to become a priest or a monk. Mm-hmm. Seeing it lived out so fruitfully and beautifully is so um, it's so rewarding, really. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Josh Hayes is my guest, along with Father John Bayer, and uh, Josh is going to be the recipient, the 27th annual recipient of the Catholic Foundation's Hal Tehan Scholar Award going to have to get up in front of a thousand people and <laughs> I don't know if that makes you nervous or not but uh I, I'm I can tell that you you're going to handle yourself very well he's going to recite his uh essay on what my catholic education means to me and also get ten thousand dollars towards his senior year at Cistercian and father John um 
you clearly are a teacher, you're a Cistercian monk. Um, it, it, I think a lot of people listening right now, it's encouraging to see the product of Catholic education and somebody who's so proud of it. What would you say? Why, why is Catholic education important uh, to you when people are making decisions about their children? I think Catholic education is important for a number of reasons, but some of the ones that stick out to me most, I guess, would be two. One is the way in which Catholic education is so integral, you know, it touches everything about our humanity, rooted in the incarnation, the faith that everything that's properly human can become an access to the infinite, to the absolute, God, truth, goodness, beauty, and their full transcendence. So with faith in the incarnation, there's no corner of study to which we're indifferent. And moreover, we see them all in an integrated harmony. And so we're always pursuing this synthesis that does justice to the fullness of our own humanity, rather than fragmenting, you know, oh, I'm only going to study STEM, or I'm only going to study the arts, or, or I'm going to only study for some technical profession and not for the deeper questions of human life. So a Catholic education is going to be concerned with all of that. That's one reason I think it's so important, um, especially when the intellectual life and regular society can so easily become fragmented. And the other reason is I think that um, it's hard for me to see how any other form of education can set people up for the ultimate growth mindset. (laughs) There's that Mm -hmm. famous phrase of growth mindset by Carol Dweck, a psychologist. And, um, you know, the idea that uh, I when I am open to seeing everything as an opportunity for growth can experience life most happily and, in fact, grow. And if I have a fixed mindset or I'm afraid, then I sort of close up and, and life becomes very rigid and hard. Uh, when you see the world and yourself in particular through the lens of Catholic faith, you understand yourself as a pilgrim and that you are on a journey before a provident God who is able to turn everything for the good of those who love him. And so when you're a, a Catholic student and you look at your own growth, but then also the growth that is being experienced by the church and the human family through history, you know, there's no there's no negative that can't be integrated into a broader horizon of, of what's good and beautiful in your own life and in, in history. So there's just so much hope that comes forward for oneself personally and for and for the you know the trajectory of the world when one reads the the world through the lens, lens of the faith. And I think a Catholic education offers that uh, when it's at its best. It offers it in space. It certainly has, I believe, the only coherent way of doing that. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Great answer. Uh, Josh, we're down to our last <clears throat> couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned you've got a brother at Notre Dame. Yeah. You're the next oldest. Uh, you've got still senior year next year. So you have you made plans for the future? Do you have aspirations of what you'd like to study or where you'd like to go? Or has any of that kind of come together yet? Um, it's obvious still morphing. Um, I do think a Catholic aspect would be a very important part of my education, being where I am. Uh, my dad actually is working with uh, the university. He went to Princeton um, about an Aquinas Institute, which is a lot of more elite schools and bigger schools are doing this nowadays, where they're trying to put these kind of Catholic organizations on campus that students can flock to, whether mm. it's dorms or classes or anything along those lines. Do you have a top pick for a college that you want to go to, or have you have you applied to any yet? I guess um, any any a couple of them that you might uh, be considering, or anything come to mind? I would certainly say Princeton and Notre Dame are very okay. appealing. There's a university in Spain, uh, University of Nevada, run by Opus Dei, okay. that also has excellent programs, and that's looking like an option. Although seminary, I think, is a real option for me. 
So that's always in the picture. Oh, wow. So a lot, a lot of different uh, options there. Very, very exciting. It's so nice to see that you're keeping everything open, you know, from Spain to Princeton, Notre Dame, <laughs> uh, seminary. Uh, so, uh, well, thank you to both of you uh, for coming in. Is there anything else that you want to add or anything that you uh would you maybe to the Catholic Foundation or anything like that? I know you're appreciative, and uh, we are to the Catholic Foundation as well. Uh, I, I do want to add, and then if either of you have anything else you want to say before we close out, I'll certainly open that the mic up for that. <clears throat> that I talked to Bill Kula, and you know they're they're expecting about a, at least a thousand people at this event. You can still get tickets. And it's still a few weeks away. It's February 10th. It's going to be at the Hilton Anatole. And like I said at the beginning of the program, this is a really fun event. You know, you go and there's time for socializing and maybe have a drink. And uh, they're going to honor Mark and Georgia Lyons, who are just incredible people. And then, of course, they're going to have the How Tehan Award. And there's just, there's just a lot going on. It's a lot of fun. So go to catholicfoundation.com, catholicfoundation.com. Get your tickets. We hope to see you there. I'm going to be there. My wife is. Cecil's going to be there with her with a guest. Um, catholicfoundation.com, February 10th uh, at the Hilton Anatole. So, um, Father, last word? Uh, just a, just an expression of gratitude. I mean, I'm, I feel so blessed to be in the monastery and I know that we love all our students and families and it's, it's just a, a tremendous honor when, when one of them is honored like this, uh, given an award. You know, it's nice to be recognized with, you know, standardized test scores and championships from robotics to sports and college admissions and things like that. But certainly I think our, our, our pride is, is very high when, when an institution of the church like this recognizes uh, the quality of our students by by honoring someone with this award, and so we're very grateful. Mm-hmm. Especially somebody who you have seen the first firsthand the yeah. formation of for yeah. so many years. Uh, Josh, congratulations again. Last word. Thank Anything you. else you'd like to say before we close out the program? Um, I think I just want to thank all the monks. I went on a retreat to the monastery um, a few weeks ago, and I was talking with one of them at dinner, and he said that he thought about being a parish priest or diocesan or whatever. And he said that, no, I wanted, I didn't want to have a parish of a thousand people. I didn't want to try to be a bishop and have 10,000. I wanted to have my class of 45 kids and be able to evangelize them, and they would be my mission. Hmm. And so they really have given their whole lives for us. And so I'm just eternally grateful for that. Yeah, that's a great way to close things out. So, uh, Father, that's a nice tribute to you and uh, your brother, your brother monks, and all priests uh, who uh, dedicate themselves. So thank you, uh, Father uh, Bayer. Uh, for being here and also uh, again congratulations to uh, Josh and his family and what an exciting day uh, for the entire Hayes family congratulations on Elizabeth being born into the world today and if Alicia and Rob if you're listening uh, congratulations on your growing beautiful family uh, thanks also to Sissel for running the board on the program today and uh, we're going to be back on the air in one hour <laughs> talking uh, from Little Angels Catholic Store live remote, selling car raffle tickets and talking to Greg and Elva and all the good people over there. We're going to have some special guests to introduce you to as well. This has been the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, Guadalupe Radio Network. Thanks for listening. 10 a.m. on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show. Have you ever heard an aviation emergency on the news? 
You hear the pilot and ATC talking, but what do you miss? The pilot asking their aircraft dispatcher what they should say on the radio to sound cool. Aircraft dispatchers are the problem solvers working at the airline's operations center. My wife and I run Aircraft Dispatcher Training Center in Farmer's Branch. Thanks to the amazing program here at the GRN, we have become Catholic and now sponsors of this great station. You are invited to the 11th Annual Student Benefit Banquet, a night of fellowship and fundraising as we celebrate everything that makes the Mount St. Michael community special on February the 17th, beginning at 6 p.m. It will be a casino-style night with prizes, dancing, and lots of fun. The banquet begins at 6 p.m. at the Brookhaven Country Club in Farmer's Branch. To purchase tickets, go to www.msmcatholic.org. That's www.msmcatholic.org. 